Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Don't you date me? It's a podcast where me, Nicole Byer, tries to figure out how I'm still single, even though you could uh, throw me in traffic. (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. Uh, My guest today is very fucking funny. I love her. You've seen her on Historical Roasts, Broad City, Inside Amy Schumer. Uh, She's got her own uh, special on Netflix called The Degenerates. She was on The Tonight Show a bunch. It's Yamanika Sander. Oh my God! I I I I um when I whenever I hear Yamanika Saunders, it reminds me that I'm singles because I still have my birth name. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I never thought of it like that. <laughs> I'm like oh God! All right, I'm still doing that. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. One day you'll be Yamanika Thompson. No, it's, it's done. I'm at the age now where it's like we're not even changing names at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Yamanika, I truly think you are one of the funniest motherfuckers I have ever seen. Oh my God, I feel the same about you. (sighs) I adore you. I love you. You truly can just tell a story. And it's so funny because I had texted you or I DM'd you on Instagram after I'd seen this Comedy Central Presents bit mm-hmm. where you talk about taking, I think, your dad or your grandfather to the bathroom and you were in the ladies' <laughs> yes. room and you were like, some bitch was just like, there's a man in here. Yes. And you were like, who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and all of that's true down to the gristle. I wish that I wish I could have crafted a joke that was that hilarious, but that's like straight up real life and I have no filter 
Um, and neither does my family. So that that shit went down exactly the way that it sounded like it went down. It's so funny. And then you watch 90 Day Fiance. Mm-hmm. And you will sometimes do like, do you watch a lot? You're just like, uh uh, no. It's to me, it's so funny because I'm like, that's what we're all saying. You're literally saying what we're all thinking. Yeah. I mean, listen, shout out to the people at TLC who can't, you know, say the nonsense because they make money off these people, but Mm -hmm. I'm not under contract to them. And (laughs) they need to take a good look at their lives and understand they're not doing well. And, but I also have to take a good look at my life and understand that I'm watching them not do well, which means I'm doing even worse. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I watch it and I'm like, why are you watching these people be full-blown lunatics? It's, it, you know, it's, it's so crazy because the world is so, you know, I grew up in a time where people, you, you did things appropriately and you were inappropriate at home. Mm-hmm. Now the world is just, I can't tell you how many people on YouTube I've listened to. And I'm like, how the hell did they get a channel? They sound like um, marbles are in their mouth. And Cardi B is now the vice president of the United States of America. And also I'm watching 90 Day Fiance the other way, which is the fourth installment of a franchise of 90 Day Fiance's. I, you know, the world is upside down. Mm-hmm. Why don't go to yeah. school? Don't go to training. Don't go get no- nothing. Just get out of your mother's uterus. Mm-hmm. Walk out of her womb, go right into a recording <laughs> studio. You are a professional. This I wasted too much time getting trained. I sometimes feel that way, but I feel like that gives you longevity. Like you will always be able to craft a joke because you did the work. You will always be employable because it's not just a 30 second, you know, TikTok you made. You can be funny for long amounts of time. Yeah, at Aunt Ethel's family reunion. See, (laughs) I can always find somebody somewhere that will appreciate what I have studied and learned and and learn how to execute, but that don't pay the bills. (laughs) When did you start doing stand-up? I started doing stand-up. It's so funny because I I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and I've known her for... 10 years now and she had no Mm -hmm. idea how I got into stand-up and I feel like I've told the bitch that a thousand times. (laughs) Um, But I had moved to Los Angeles when I was 15 to go to the LA County High School for the Arts and study theater. Mm -hmm. And I did that from Maryland. And so I was study theater. I'm classically trained in the theater, all that. And my mother, because my mother's always been like a woman of many hats and many talents. You know, she's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to write a book. You know, she was a video and uh, audio engineer for a couple of different television stations around the country. She was an on-air disc jockey at a couple of top 40s. She's always doing something. And then she's like, I'm just going to do stand-up. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. girl, go live your life. You know, I'm doing my thing. <laughs> and I'm studying. And uh, my mom got so enamored with stand-up. She was like, you should do it. And I was like, I'm not going to do that because it's a waste of time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, at the time I was taking, I was studying Commedia dell'arte, which is like the different forms and sides of the faces, right? So you Mm -hmm. have from the extreme of sorrow to happiness. So I thought, I'm like, well, I'm already doing comedy because I just put on Mm -hmm. the other, you know, so it was that kind of thing. And then they decided um, at my school, they introduced stand-up. It was so funny. It was almost like I was meant to do stand-up. They introduced Mm -hmm. stand-up in my high school. It was didn't come back the following year. It was just there that year. That's yeah, like that means you were just like meant 
to be at that place. You were meant time. to do some stand up. Yeah. yeah, like that's incredible. And I didn't want to. I was like, my mother was like, you have to audition. I was like, no, because I was studying. I wanted to go to college for theater management and I wanted to open up a 50 seat theater in Manhattan. So I already mm-hmm. had my life planned that I was going to study theater management and have my own theater. And so I was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to do this. So it wasn't aligned with my curriculum to take a stand-up class if I need to be in student directing, I need to be in theater management, I need to be in all mm-hmm. these other production admin-related um, curriculum to get into the schools that I wanted to get into. And my mom's like, if you audition, I won't say anything. I just, I just want you to audition so you can say you did it and, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. And so I did. And I remember I bombed. Because I, you know, as I am to this day, I have to really put on a comics hat because I can, I'm so detailed in in stories that I tell that Mm -hmm. it'll take a long time for me to get, you know, because I'm giving you like beats throughout the whole story and like I'm giving you the feel of it. So I tell this long joke that my mother would tell about, she used to put me to bed to this. I love this was the, the monkey and the family that got killed in the car accident. So I <laughs> wait. What <laughs> I've been told wait. never to tell <laughs> it. Never to tell it. Bobby Kelly literally told me he picked up his podcast. We were in Montreal and I was doing the podcast with all the guys on the Nasty Show. He they picked up the podcast and left the room. They were like never. <laughs> well, I really want to hear it because I can't believe that your mother put you to sleep with the monkeys and the people who died in the car accident. Because it's hilarious. I mean, not that the people died. You <sighs> like that's part of that's just a part of the ambiance yeah, of the story, right? That they oh, died. Can will you tell it? Do you mind? Every now disclaimer: you asked me to tell. I did. <laughs> I did, and I'm really excited about it. I've never been excited. Like, I'm, I'm truly, this, I've never been more excited to hear something because I love yeah. a joke that needs a preamble. Yeah. I love a joke that, I have a joke where I'm like, do you want to yeah. hear it? And the crowd goes, yes. I'm like, you asked for this. Right, you asked You're for it. You're not going to like it. You asked for it. I'm asking for it. I can't. Okay, okay, okay. And now it's, it's I'm going to try to tell it in a way that the, the listeners, because it's really, it's an act out. It's a, it's a whole thing. Okay. So there is a family that got into a car crash and everybody died. The mother, <laughs> the father, mm-hmm. the son, the daughter, but the monkey didn't die, right? So mm-hmm. these two police officers come to the scene of the crime and they're devastated by the carnage that is at mm-hmm. this accident. And they're trying to piece together what happened because they got to do a report. And they're like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And this monkey is kind of like jumping around, go, ooh, 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 you know, like trying to get them involved. You know, and so the, they're like, go away, monkey. And the monkey like, oh, ooh, 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 ooh. And so finally, one of the cops says, I think this monkey is trying to talk to us. Mm-hmm. And so the cop goes, that's ridiculous. He goes, no, 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 let me talk to the monkey. He says, monkey do you know this family? And so the monkey's like, ooh, 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 ooh. You know, like... (laughs) (laughs) I can feel it going off the rails. I can feel it now going off the rails. So he goes, he goes, ooh, he goes, oh my God, the monkey, no, he said, do you know what happened, monkey? The monkey goes, ooh, 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 ooh. 
So he says, oh my God, this monkey knows what happened. So this other cop's like, well, how are we going to talk to him? Because all he can do is woo, 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 woo. So he goes, well, let's ask him very specific questions to, and get his response positive or negative. So mm-hmm. he goes, uh, uh, monkey, w- do you know what happened right before the accident that caused the accident? Monkey goes, ooh, 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 ooh. Uh-huh. So he goes, okay, monkey. What were the what was the mother doing right before the accident? And so the mon- the monkey starts to point his fingers like he's nagging. He goes, ooh, 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 you know, like he's nagging. And so he goes, Oh, the mother was nagging before the accident, and that father got distracted, and that's how they wind up crashing. And then the monkey goes, ooh, 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 ooh. Like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, oh boy, whoa, whoa. He goes, Well, monkey. What were the children doing before the accident? And so he starts to fight with his arms. He goes, ooh, 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 mm-hmm. ooh, 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 He says, oh, okay, so monkey, the children were arguing before the accident, and that's how the father got distracted and everybody got killed. And the monkey goes, mm-hmm. ooh, 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 ooh. So he goes, okay, well, it wasn't the mother. It wasn't the kids. He goes, monkey, what was the father doing right before the accident? And so the monkey goes, ooh, 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 you know, like he was drinking, right? So mm-hmm. he starts emotionally drinking. And so the cop goes, oh, okay. So the father was drinking before the mm-hmm. accident, and that's how they got killed. And the monkey goes, ooh, 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 ooh. And he says, what, monkey? That wasn't it either? <laughs> and so they sit there, and they scratch their head for hours, and they go, wow, it wasn't the kids. It wasn't the mother nagging or the kids fighting or the father drinking. What could have caused the accident? And so finally, the cop looks at the monkey and says, Monkey, what were you doing right before the accident? And the monkey goes, Ooh, 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 like he was driving. <laughs> so the monkey caused the accident <laughs> to be fair i can understand why people would get up and leave but on the flip side you have to remember that you're a child delighted right. by this story about right. a monkey murdering a family and i think that's why i like it so much it was crickets crickets <laughs> i was like i said the monkey was driving this is me in the, in the order the monkey i was like you don't get it the monkey was driving the car and it was crickets and i remember i walked out i was furious and then i came back in in the middle of this other kid's audition because i was so furious i was like why didn't they laugh but my mother used to buy me these suits right these little sweatsuits or different Mm -hmm. colors like crayola colors and so i had like an orange one i had a a red one a purple one a green Mm -hmm. one the whole thing and that day I happened to be wearing the red sweatsuit. So I just ran in the middle of the kid that was auditioning. I ran in the middle of they set and I said, hey, Kool-Aid. And everybody started laughing because I interrupted him like the Kool-Aid man. Yep. And that's what kids want, right? They uh-huh. want something that is quick. That that monkey joke is for my mother and her girlfriends that play Canasta. This mm-hmm. ain't for like young kids. You know, you gotta... Because you you have to, like, pay attention. And kids don't want that. They want you to interrupt somebody and go, Kool-Aid. Right, 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 right. Do you do that joke on stage now? Hell no. Hell no. I think you can. You think so? Yes. I think you phrase it the way you did. (laughs) It's a story that you heard as a child. Yeah. And when the people don't laugh, 
You then go, what's wrong with you? you. This was a misdirect. This was very <laughs> funny. I acted like a monkey for you people. And then, yeah, I think you just flip it on them to be like, <laughs> because that's what I do when jokes don't work for me. I flip it on them and I tell them why they're wrong. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to try it and I'm going to blame it all on you. Because please, I, please, because... first and last name, say, Nicole Byer told me to do this. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put it in. I'm telling you that, you know what? I'm going to really, I'm going to up the ante because... The next special I do, I'm going to do it there. Because I'm telling you, this joke, it's, it's my mother to this day. That is one of her favorite jokes. And I can mm-hmm. tell it to her. We know the end. It was, it's one of those things where you already know the end, but it's mm-hmm. the journey of it. It's something that, you know, my mother and I shared. So it, 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 and it, and it didn't occur to me when I was a child that the family had died. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They got to die because this joke. They have to die live. for the joke. Right. Yes. <laughs> the joke got to live. They, they somewhere. They ain't dead, dead. They just <laughs> dead in the story. But they like, you know, they coming back. Also, it's like you get to explore why this family allowed the monkey to drive. Like, yeah. was the monkey allowed to drive all the time? I don't know. I think this joke has legs. I, it made me laugh really hard. I'm, you know what? I appreciate that because the amount of people have told me to never tell that joke again. <laughs> and I mean, like, I have wasted. Wait, I got to tell you one more joke. This is this my mother's favorite joke. Now, this joke, everybody might like. I, I'm, I'll make this quick. It's called Everybody Knows Joe. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Joe is kicking it with one of his friends and this in his friend's neighborhood, and they go to all these bars, and everybody go to everybody's like, "Oh, hey, Joe, what's up, Joe? How you doing, Joe?" And so Joe's friend goes, "Well, how come every bar we go to, everybody know you?" And he goes, "Well, cause I'm Joe, and everybody knows me." He goes, "That's not true." Joe says, "Yeah, everybody in the world knows me." So they go from neighborhood to no neighborhood, everything mm-hmm. the same. So Joe's friend is perplexed. So at the end of the night, he goes, "You know what?" I promise you, I know somebody that don't know you. And so Joe said, okay, who is it? He said, um, you, the Pope don't know you. He said, okay, I know the Pope. He said, no, the Pope don't know you. So they go to the Vatican, the whole thing. And <laughs> Joe, and the, the way these jokes go, they get so damn elaborate. Like they wasted money and they had a $5,000 bet. <laughs> and they fly to the Vatican. Somehow they get there without an appointment. <laughs> and um, Joe said, all right, I'm going to pay to talk to my boy, the Pope, right? And so mm-hmm. Joe goes up to where the Pope is and, and Joe's friends down in the, in the crowd and he's looking. And so the Pope brings Joe out and goes, hey, everybody, uh, I want to introduce, I want y'all to meet my friend Joe, whatever. Not introduce because everybody knows him, but I, I want y'all to mm-hmm. see Joe. Joe's here. And so Joe's, Joe goes down after that to get his money from his friend and he realized his friend has passed out on the floor. Mm-hmm. And so they got to revive him with smelling salts. And so when his friends comes to he goes, what happened? You passed out because I know the Pope and the Pope knows me. He goes, no, I passed out because a man next to me tapped me on the shoulder and said, who's the guy in a pointy hat with Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes a joke is a really, it, it, you know, it's like it's you got to have the dumb. patience. It's dumb. It's, it's like the payoff. Some people yeah. can't wait, make it through the payoff because you start to go, oh God, what, what's going on here? But then the mm-hmm. payoff is like, but you got to be that type of like, that's more like a dad joke kind of thing or, you mm-hmm. know, an older person joke where they really, they sit that they want, they want their joke to be 
theater. You know, like they want, yes. it's not just, don't just hit me with something. Bring me, to, let me have an experience. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Beyonce experience. Oh boy, I love Beyonce. I can't remember who it was, but it was, oh God, it was an actress who was in this movie called Late Night. Who mm-hmm. was in that? It was, oh, Emma Thompson. I think it was Emma Thompson. She said on a late night show, she was like, uh, comedy, men, they just want to get it done. They Mm -hmm. go real fast and real hard and they tell the joke. Women like it slow. And there's a payoff at the end. Yes. And I mean, she was also making a joke about how men come fast and women, you know, just need a little bit more time. But I was like, she's not wrong. No. I like a story. I love when people tell me a story and how every twist and turn is funny yeah or like like every line you say is so funny like i'll talk about this because i loved your degenerate set i watched that but this Thank comedy you. central set that you did <laughs> i think it was a seven minute set or an eight minute set but like 16. by the end the audience was like tuckered yeah, out because they were every line you said was so funny i watch it i want it's 16 minutes ah, okay 16 but it feels like it's going because i watch i'm like Wow, I'm like 16 minutes. It really is. You know what it was? You get to the point in your, you know, people don't understand. Like you, you get, you, you work on a set, you work on an act, Mm -hmm. right? And then, you know, after I did my Comedy Central Presents, all that stuff was gone. So then I start, Mm -hmm. I'm in a different phase of like, I'm I'm really looking at my life, how I'm living, where I'm living, what I'm doing so that I can tell the story of who I am now. Right. Mm-hmm. So now I've lived these, I've felt these things. I've, you know, I held on to that presents for many, many, many years, probably longer than I needed to, because there's a point in time when you're trying to get on for somebody to give you something like a, a, a mm-hmm. special so that you can put something out. This one was a lot closer in span, right? Because now mm-hmm. I'm looking at myself now and I'm delivering you these jokes as who I am now. I'm not calling back to moments mm-hmm. of who I was. I'm in it. So everything is immediate for me right now. The angst, the frustration, mm-hmm. the confusion, the anger, the disappointment, the hilarity is all right now. So that's why I felt like it was moving forward. And I, and I like seeing comics in the moment of where they are doing their sets in that moment. Because, And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get robbed from that just because the business is so slow sometimes to pick up on people. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh, well, your funniest stuff went out on your album and you feel like your album is done. But then it's like, well, do you drag out what you put out on your album to put in a special when Mm. you're not that person anymore? Right. But the material is still there. It's, yeah, being a comic is very, it's hard. Oh, yeah. It is. It's really hard because, you know, first of all, it's your opinions, right? And Mm -hmm. what you feel. And we're just trying to find people that can connect to our opinions and what we feel. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, because there's so many different opinions out there, you Mm -hmm. may find people in your audience that don't connect, don't get it, don't understand. And so that's where sometimes the imbalance comes in. And even more so now that we have a world where, like, for I was, I did a show in Vermont. I had, it was, uh, I forget the name, was it Vermont Comedy Club? I love the place. They top top of the line, professional people, sweet people. I mean, they took care of me like I'd never been taken care of for. I love them. I had a set there and I was talking about um, peanut allergies, right? And kids, because mm-hmm. like now I'm, the, the whole bit is like I'm older now and because I'm 
focus so much on stand up. I'm going to be an old mom, right? And mm-hmm. I'm going to be a mom. I'm going to be an old mom. So there's a generation gap when there normally isn't a generation gap between kids and their parents. There's mm-hmm. going to be a, almost a two generation gap between me and my kid. And if I have one, and then also I got to remember that I grew up in the eighties, which was, was like a war zone, you know, like mm-hmm. there was no seatbelts. What is that? Cigarettes, <laughs> keep them going. You know, like you was keeping your, your parents' cigarette going. You was going, you was doing all kinds of shit. You was hiking. You was a latchkey kid. You was putting keys around your neck to your house while pedophiles was lurking around like sharks. I mean, like, you know, the eighties was like, if you made it, I always said, if you made it through the eighties, you lived through the hunger games. I mean, that's what uh-huh. it was, you know, it was a cornucopia on every corner. And so when you, when you talk about where I've come from and the way we didn't have these sensibilities now that they have now with children, which Mm -hmm. I don't hate. It's just like, I just didn't grow up like that. And I'm trying to, if I'm going to try to relate to my kid and not be like this warrior, like my, my, (laughs) my family, they act like I was GI Jane or some (laughs) shit. You know what I'm saying? Like everything was all right. Be tall and just stop. Oh, okay. You know, and now everybody is. Everybody's like, oh, my baby, my, oh, I can't, I can't, I love my, you know what I'm just like, mm-hmm. you know, I had love, but we had love, constructive love, not love to like handicap yeah. you not to be able to. So I was talking to him, I said, you know, but the thing is, I said, this peanut allergy shit, I get it. People got peanut allergies, but I'll tell you, a lot of this is in, is in the mind because when I was a kid, then nobody had no peanut allergies. And if mm-hmm. they did, we just let them die because peanuts <laughs> is everywhere. You know, we can't, uh-huh. we ain't got time to be putting an EpiPen in your neck every five seconds. You're going to have to die. So... There's a woman in the crowd, and she goes, she starts, I said, excuse me, what's going on? She says, my daughter has a peanut allergy, and I don't appreciate the joke in my daughter. I said, well, first of all, fuck you and fuck your daughter, right? (laughs) More so, fuck you, because your daughter ain't got, you know, you the one that gave her a peanut allergy because she came tumbling out of your damn uterus with all kinds of damn restrictions. So if you thought that I created this joke to be insensitive, like some people have to, you have to give a grain of salt and pepper to what people are saying. There is an idea. There's a communication of the idea. There is also, you have to understand people have the bandwidth to say something and then Mm -hmm. still be able to discern with common sense what the real reality is. I think a lot of times Mm -hmm. people put way too much pressure on comedy to be some type of mouthpiece for the truth when it's like the, it yes. says heightened version of a thought of the truth but it's not in totality the whole truth mm-hmm. yeah like this woman being so upset that you <laughs> so that people being out just let him die like you don't think that no it's not like you went to congress to lobby to take away <laughs> EpiPens. no it's it's fully just a joke from where you were to where you are now and it's so funny that this i feel like everybody takes things personally where they're like this is it, it feels like it's about me so that means that comedian is making a joke about me yeah and it's because they so feel guilty wild and it's like this it's because you know right now black people are having a hard time and we have had a hard time in this country you're being murdered all types of different races crazy from the cops to us to all kinds of shit going on anybody at this point in time that wants to jump in on the narrative of black people suffering and going but what about me is like a tone mm-hmm. deaf right like yeah we just we suffering the most so there's no reason for anybody to be trying to jump in on that going well i don't like that white people are being offended because we girl please but it's <laughs> the same thing when people hear a joke and they go like i had a woman who's a friend of mine i didn't know she was a fan of mine i'm sorry i didn't girl i didn't know you never said nothing to me 
So <laughs> she saw me do something this week at the cellar. We was talking about, I, I was watching a documentary with this guy who had Down syndrome. I thought he was cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, when they got, I said, now, and my, so I was doing it with Chloe Hilly. So Chloe's like, well, I don't know if you can say downs. I said, yeah, you can say downs. They got downs. She goes, no, down. I said, well, don't worry about it. Cause by the time I get finished with them, it's going to be ups. <laughs> so now the woman goes, I don't know about you sexualizing people with down syndrome. I don't know if I like that. She's a, she's a feeling. And I said, uh-huh. listen, if you know me, then you know where I go. You know, I don't mean any malintent, but I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm, what's on my mind, whether you like it mm-hmm. or not, right? And if you don't like it, you can leave. So then she goes, well, I don't, and so she shares it on her page. She tags me on all these people with children with Down syndrome. So I said, listen, I said, what's the problem here? Is the problem that you don't want to consider the fact that your son can have sex? Because people who have Down syndrome, they work, they get mm-hmm. married, they do all mm-hmm. kinds of shit. I have, a, yes. I have an aunt who's got special needs. She had all the desires of wanting to do and be a part. Like, they don't stop wanting to do shit like that. And they can have the... Compa- My aunt is more severe, so she's never been able to live on her own. But she's mm-hmm. always wanted to be married. At the- so are we supposed to act like she doesn't have these type of desires? I said, so is that the problem that I'm sexualizing your son and you don't want to ever sexualize him? Or are you considering the fact that one day I might meet your son and fuck your son? <laughs> Cause it's one or the other, and both are true, right? Yeah, that might be your son to fuck your son. Don't tell me because you're so busy having people play. I understand. I have an aunt. First of all, she doesn't even understand. I I grew up with the aunt. We almost like sisters because mm-hmm. my aunt has special needs. My aunt's like seventeen years older than me, eighteen years older than me, but she's never been able to re- reach beyond you know a certain level mm-hmm. mentally. So. Yes. I, we, I have always been protective and had to be protective of my aunt who has special needs, who I understand, um, you know. As wants, needs, and desires. Absolutely. People, just because they, you know, are mentally uh, impaired, I don't, disabled, I think I can say mentally disabled, I don't know. But like, they have wants, needs, and desires, and I think it's okay to speak to that. I mean, until someone with Down syndrome says to you, Yamanika, I'm offended because I like I don't know. Like, I and think if it's they so tell me wild. that if it's a guy, I'm gonna say, meet me in the back room. <laughs> now, here's the reality. The reality is, I get it. There are people that take advantage and make fun, but you got yes. you don't know every person and where every person is coming from. So it's I, I, my my mother and my aunt came to visit after my grandparents had passed, and we were very tight, intimate family, and so. I was trying to get them out of Maryland to just come and, you know, mm-hmm. do something. And my aunt loves it. And it was a taping. And, you know, my aunt loves seeing certain things. And my mom. So they come. And I remember right before I'm trying to get them downstairs because my aunt now has a cane and the soul. Mm-hmm. So I instantly go in defense mode. So, you know, I'm telling people, excuse me, they not get out of the way. So I'm cussing these people out. I'm like, get the fuck out the way. You hear me? I said, excuse you see somebody mm-hmm. for special needs here with the cane and shit. So when I go on stage, now I have to address there's two people in the front that I done cussed out. A couple of, I said, so I, now I realize that now this is going to be awkward for the first couple of minutes because I mm-hmm. cussed some of y'all out on the way up because my aunt here is here and she has special needs. It's a snap. So whatever we got to the point, we talked about that, the whole thing. I said, but at the end of the day, I said, I also 
be having issues with people that got special needs too. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? So I can't act like I'm above. Like I, I, you know, I'd be like, okay, like especially with my grandmother that was in wheelchairs, and they, my grandma be wheeling over my foot. She's like, come on now, you, you, you're in a wheelchair, you ain't blind. So you know, all the, all, the, all the running over my feet and shit don't, you know, come on now with some of that. So you know, it, it's about letting people live to the extent of who they are. And understand who has malintent and who doesn't. And mm-hmm. that's a very easy thing. People get lazy and just start lumping everybody in one category. It's very easy to tell who has malintent, who, who doesn't, mm-hmm. especially if you are somebody that is discerning and lives by the spirit. It's easy. Yeah. And I also feel like it's you're putting people with special needs on a different level where you're like, well, we can't joke around and make fun there. And it's like, but why aren't they people? Everybody's, you know, an even playing field. And I agree. Like there are some jokes where like, you're like, you know, that wasn't great. You know, like Trump making fun of somebody with a palsy. Right. That's uh, not that, that's funny. Di- that, now that's all <laughs> that is. That's, that's, that's the shit that makes me infuriates me when people go, well, it's the same thing as this. Now, it's not. it's not the same thing because, first of all, this, this I'll put it like this, right? I went and I did a, a Narcotics Association, uh, the, the Anonymous, where they all mm-hmm. anonymous were, and they had a convention. And already I was like, well, don't this really get rid of the anonymous part where all you niggas is here at a convention? <laughs> so they had a woman there at the convention at, at our show who was doing sign language, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, which one of y'all got the nerve to be a junkie and deaf? (laughs) (laughs) Right? So at at the end of the day, yeah, that's crazy. But it's also Uh facts. Like, your shit ain't Uh rough enough that you gonna add (laughs) some narcotic shit on top of it. And on top of it, the bitch got the sign language now to you, and we don't even know if you're on the shit. So, you know, (laughs) so you're not even tuning into that. And so after the set, the guy, it was one guy that was deaf. It was for him. And mm-hmm. he came up to me with his lady and he, and she, and, and doing this and just, cause I brought him into the show. He mm-hmm. liked that. Like I, mm-hmm. it was cause the show would have never been about him other than there's somebody there signing, mm-hmm. but now here's somebody talking about, and he thought it was hilarious. I mean, you yes. got to allow people now it could, could have went bad or could have been, yeah. but you have to let people give people the freedom to express. And then we can find out, was this a good place or was this a bad place? Was this someplace mm-hmm. I needed to go or not go? And if I, and if I hadn't had the room to do that, I mean, I took the Liberty, but mm-hmm. here we had a connection after the fact. Mm-hmm. And I agree because I'm sure that person has been to so many spaces and has been invisible. Right. And you made them visible. You acknowledged them as a person. And I honestly think it was a good joke off the cuff. Like that's, it's a good joke. Yeah. Like I've had so much fun with sign language interpreters and then, People after the show have come up to me and been like, thank you for acknowledging it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think uh, the DC Improv provided one that I had one of the best shows of my life because I can't remember. I said something horrific and then he laughed, shook his head and then signed. And I was like, what is the actual translation to what you just signed? And he went, oh, it was just she fucking said something wild <laughs> because he couldn't figure out in the moment. Yeah. So then we took a moment to figure out how for him to translate this awful thing I had just said to the person. And then they laughed. It was like a, it was an, like an audible laugh. And I was like, that's yeah, that felt so good. It yeah. felt so good that they like, 
that we just like work through it and it's like maybe i don't know i just i i like that i like that you said it i i appreciate you because you'll go there and then be like if i went too far you could let me know but i have so many points to defend why i did the thing i did yes and that's i think that's like true comedy i think when you can't explain something that people find offensive then you run into trouble well why did you say it right and why did you think it was funny right 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 i mean people try to get away with you know we've we've had the the sort of the white male comic that like wants to push the envelope with why mm-hmm. can't i say the n-word now i did i ran into i ran into a little heat this was years ago there was a guy this white guy i can't think of his name I used to do this uh, room called Gladys's and they would have like mics and then they would have like regular shows. And so this guy used to come in and there's a white guy and he used to do a joke about the Lord of the Rings and how he didn't know anything about it. But when his friend was telling him the names like Gandalf and Frodo, so he was like, he thought it was about some black kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So I would let that the black people would get tight and shit. And, oh, I so, but I would laugh every time, and it's like, and I had to, I, so I had to reconcile. Like, Yam, are you going against your people? Like, because every black person here is not feeling this joke. But I would feel it, and I said, but you know what it is? I didn't. I never felt any racist malintent from this uh-uh. guy. He just is one of these guys that some white guy is dumb enough to think like he literally thinks this shit, but he doesn't even get why he thinks that. And that mm-hmm. is where the hilarity is because if I was a white guy as out of touch as he is, who never mm-hmm. had to think about the shit that comes out of my mouth, <laughs> I would also think that them kids was kids from the mm-hmm. projects. <laughs> I mean, I genuinely think it's so funny, specifically because I just watched Lord of the Rings and there are literally no black people in it. So for him to be like, I thought it was all about black people is like, that's in itself funny. And then the fact that you thought a black person would name somebody Gandalf, that's even funnier. Frodo, that's even funnier. Like, I think if he acknowledged the fact that it's fucked up that he thought that, that's like a way to bring it in. Yeah, really like, bring it in. Oh, he was low. He, he was one of these guys that he had a one joke that hit and the rest of the set stunk. I mean, but I would be like, I said, do the ghetto kids. Like, I was, <laughs> do the ghetto kids. <laughs> I mean, every black comic was like, I can't believe you. You're like always talking about race and da da da. I was like, yo, that shit is hilarious. But, you know, like, to the extent of just, it's so funny you mentioned that because I used to do this joke, and it's not even a joke, about my friend. Like, I love animations. I am, like, obsessed with all, if I could watch animations all day Mm -hmm. long other than 90 Day Fiance and the Housewives Mm -hmm. franchise, I'd be good. So, my friend, (laughs) I I went to go see um, How to Train Your Dragon with her Mm -hmm. mom, right? And we loved it and we cried and everything like that. And I said, my only, so I was talking to my friend and her husband. And I said, the only thing that disappointed me was that there were no black people mm-hmm. in the movie, you know? And her, and my friend's husband goes, well, it wasn't historically accurate for Mm-mm. there to be black people in the Mm-mm. movie. And I go, well, also it wasn't historically accurate to have a fucking dragon in the movie either. <laughs> So you mean to tell me you don't want to see Tyrone out there bailing some hay, but you don't mind seeing a dragon breathing fire all over the place as a mythical character? 
I'm just like the the extent of which people, and that's why I don't want I don't want us to start lumping everybody in this safeguard because mm-hmm. people of color, trans people, LGBTQ people who have suffered from xenophobia ha- need to have the space to expect express the extent to which there is controversy and contempt and all kinds of shit in our lives and not Mm -hmm. be held to the same standard that you're holding these white guys to who have throughout the course of their time misused and abused the space in which they could use their voices. And now you're like, well, I don't want to hear him say that. So now you can't say that. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. fuck no. He's been saying shit like this for hundreds of years. His grandpappy Mm -hmm. was saying shit like this. His grandpappy's pappy was saying shit like Mm -hmm. this. You're not going to shortcut my time and saying what the fuck I want to say because all of a sudden you over here over policing him mm-hmm. absolutely not i'm gonna say what the fuck i want today yeah i mean i agree people when nailed it first came out were like you are harassing wes is the he's the assistant director on the show mm-hmm. because like he'd be moving something and be like "Ooh, ah move it mm, move it and be like you're sexually harassing him i'm like one we're friends two i'll ask him if i've gone too far and three men have been able to do this for so long absolutely i think the optics of a fat black woman ordering around a a traditionally handsome white dude, I was like, I don't think you're used to that optic. And I think that's actually what made you angry. Right. And you know, white women can't stand to see a black woman talking to a white man about no shit. Like, I'm just keeping that real. You know, the, oh my God, write a letter. Girl, shut the fuck up. Girl, please. I don't have time for your, your nonsense. It's, but again, it's again, people... You know, when people, I've talked about this in my podcast. This is a super long story, so I'm not going to get into it. But I got into a fight with this um, this trans man Mm -hmm. um, at a restaurant. And they took the, we got into an argument. It wasn't even, it was more so them because I wound up getting all my food and shit for free and all that. (sighs) Because when they saw the tapes, they were like, they could see I wasn't going crazy. Mm -hmm. I I had gotten poor customer service from someone who was a trans man, but they had not completely transitioned. So it was really still a woman breast and the whole thing. And I asked her Mm -hmm. for her name because she was being unprofessional. And she said her name was Steve. And I said, well, you're acting like a Steve. You're acting like an insecure man hopped up on testosterone and you need Mm -hmm. to calm down. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling Mm -hmm. you now, because you're telling me you're a man, I'm telling you how men act. Now you take all that shit to come with being a man. I don't give a fuck if Mm -hmm. you ain't got a dick. You got a big clip. So now she takes the thing to uh, a community where we all live and thrive. Right. And she goes, I ran into this person who was transphobic. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's funny that you're trying to pull off a story that I'm transphobic and you don't even know anything about me. P.S. The environment in which you're saying this in, they got pictures of me walking around naked with LGBTQ and trans people trying to get into one of the little places there so I can suck this nigga off. Now, <laughs> I, I, so and 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 I may have some Me Too shit there because gay men have definitely told me, girl, put the brakes on. <laughs> but my thing is, if there's a dick, there's a dick. So now, <laughs> this is the this is the person you're trying to paint me as, not even understanding the full spectrum of who I am. And this is why I said again, people get lost in the sauce because. Mm-hmm. When you are, when we start to pull all this shit together, you don't add for the fact that people can also be assholes, right? Mm -hmm. So like, if you're trying to make the mission, because I don't personally like this 
man okay because now mm-hmm. she's told me that she's trans and whatever she's identifying as trans i have to respect that right mm-hmm. i don't like this man as a person but mm-hmm. you cannot assign that i don't like this man because this man is trans yes. i don't like you because you were being a bitch we yes. are having a customer service a customer manager a situation where I don't like you like that. Don't bring in because I don't yes. like you. Now I don't like you because you're trans. Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't like you as a human being, mm. as an entity, as right. a person. I don't care what else is going into it. I think that's very unfair. It's kind of like when people are like, stop using the black card because sometimes people will use black as an excuse for, you know, X, Y, and Z. Sometimes people use their, uh, you know, gender identity as, you know, an excuse for shit. But it's like, well, if you're rude, you're rude. And I don't really care what kind, what the rudeness is uh, coming out of. I care that the customer service wasn't okay. Also, I used information I knew about you to tell you about yourself. (laughs) Right, right, (laughs) right. I mean, I'm looking at you. I'm trying not to, and I understand with the identifiers, when I asked for her name, because there were still things about her, because I don't know her, of him, I'm sorry, because mm-hmm. I don't know him, that identified me that this may just be a woman who is a lesbian, right? Mm-hmm. That when we're in a situation where now I'm asking for your name and you haven't been forthcoming about a lot of things, I think when you tell me your name is Steve, that you're lying to me. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So now we're in a we're in this sort of tango because I don't like you, and it all comes <laughs> from like I came into a restaurant, I asked you to seat me. My friend was right outside on the phone, and they act like they couldn't seat me because my party wasn't there. And I was like, "She's right there. She's she's like, I can't move How out of the way." How long ago did this happen? This happened not even what has it been two years? Not even or a year and a half? <laughs> and I'll tell you. Let me tell you how this happened. Let me tell you how I found out. I, on the plate, I'm trying not to get my friends involved because my friends, one of my friends is like the fire chief there and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I, they, I tweeted about this situation because I was so incensed about what happened because I felt like that person, I felt like he was profiling me because I came in with all this jazzy hair and treated mm-hmm. me like I was some ghetto hood rat and the restaurant was very nice. And it's almost like you move, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And I'm, I couldn't understand, like, why aren't you offering me a seat because my friend's right there on the phone? Because a seat for one is a seat for two. Like, she's coming in. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. There's, it was a Tuesday night. Nobody was hardly... You got tables galore. You have like, you can't... You want to tell me, uh, move out of my way. I got to take other people. And I turn around and ain't nobody there. <laughs> so what are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. it was crazy. So it's like, if you're going to have that kind of attitude... And my friend had suggested, like, let's get... Her name, we thought it was a her. So I said, no. I said, I don't, I said, like, she's going to tell us. I said, okay, what's your name? And she goes, my name is Steve. And I go, okay, right. Your name's Mm -hmm. Steve. So wait, did they, they then made a post about you and tagged you in it? I tweeted at the restaurant because I had been, I go there all the time. I love the place. And I was, I had never been so disrespected. And all my time. And she actually kicked us out of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. She told us to leave. We went to a place across the street. So what, what, and I, we, and, and was talking crazy to us while other people 
patrons were looking and so you know when you black and you talk to somebody that's not mm-hmm. black you gotta always be like bring it down so people aren't like the angry black lady started a brawl right right and yeah. that's actually how the restaurant they looked at the cameras because when I said it, they said we already looked oh, at the so camera. Oh, so they literally looked at the footage, and that's mm-hmm. just not a saying. <laughs> no, they did. They were like, we looked at the footage. We could see, you know, they don't have audio, but they were mm-hmm. like, they could see by how the space I was giving her, I wasn't putting, you know, that they were saying that I wasn't aggressive. Like, mm-hmm. I was so embarrassed that we were even having this conversation because there was a white yeah. guy that was there and you could you could always tell when you're having a situation and a white person knows that you're going through this situation because you're black or there's a, uh-huh. a, a idea that you're black and ghetto. So the guy's trying not, he looks and because he was shocked. And then when I turned, like trying to figure out what's going on, then he tried to move because he, you know, they don't want to get involved. But mm-hmm. he knew that the shit didn't look right. So it was like, my friend was, my friend was right. She was like, we should get the name. I just was like, at this point in time, I don't want, I, there's no reason for me to give my money and my business mm-hmm. or my time or my energy to a place. You know, I think sometimes people of color are, we do this and I get the anger, but it's like, no, you're going to serve me. You tell yes, me. You're, and you're going to take my money. And it's like, we don't need to no, do that. I'll blast you on social media, but I'm not giving you my fucking money. Like if they mm-hmm. hadn't come to me, correct. And hit and was like, listen, we looked at the footage. We are, and they had had problems with this person in the past. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think just because you're gay or trans or non-binary, you can't be racist, and that's truly not a thing. That is a dream. That's not real because yeah, you can be. You no, you can be. And it, I I didn't realize that was a thing until I had a a, a friend of mine from high school who never, you know, I, we were to perform in our high school. So we just assume all the guys, they were gay because they were really in touch with themselves and we were constantly like getting undressed in front of them. Nobody cared. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I had a friend and I knew he was gay. He never came out. He never said anything, but I always treated him like, I don't, I'm not going to press him until he says something, but he was in my carpool and I always just treated him like one of my sisters, like, you know, like, Hey girl, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, whatever, whatever. So he comes to New York. Now, this is 13 years after we've graduated, 13 or 14 mm-hmm. years after we've graduated. Still have never had a conversation with him to this day about him being gay. I decide, because we're in New York, and I, at this time, I had been doing a lot of performing on Fire Island, and I really got to know the culture and understand, you know, I knew where to take him. So I was like, mm-hmm. without telling him that I know that he's gay... I'm, I took him to Splash. I took him to therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm like, you know, splash. oh my God, that's a child. That ain't a uh, rim toss. So uh, now, you know, I'm taking him to places. And so we probably went out a couple of nights, like five, four or five times. And so now I'm itching because I'm like, he hasn't met anybody. He hasn't met anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going on? Is he not, is he repressed? Is he not saying anything? <laughs> so I had a, so I said, listen, I know we've never spoken about your sexuality, but I think you understand that I'm taking you to gay clubs because I understand mm-hmm. what's going on. And I just want to know how can I help you like meet people, friends, a partner, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Um, so I hook you up with some of my gay friends that I know, like what, what are you looking for? And he was like, you know, you taking me to clubs and I'm like a dark boy, you know, like I'm a dark mm-hmm. black boy. And he's like, the white guys don't want to date me. Like they'll date certain types of black boys, but they won't. And I said, that can't, 
I said that could, you know, I'm like mm-hmm. naive, right? So I'm like, I said that can't, I said that can't be true. I said, cause they're gay. They're, they're already a part of a mm-hmm. subculture. That's not the dominant culture. So I'm like, there, there's no way that there is, is a discrimination or racism happening towards mm-hmm. you and another culture that is uh, also part of a subset. So I go to a friend of mine, white friend of mine who I trust, love, whatever, and he t- mm-hmm. we talk race and he keeps it very frank with me, blah, blah, blah. So I said to him, m- what my friend told, I said, you know, he told me this. I said, and I just, I want to know how I can get him out of this thinking. He was like, why were you trying to get him out of the thinking? And I said, because it's not mm. true. And I think it's, I think it's wrong for him to be, I said, I understand he's taking a lot of things about being black and he's bringing it over here when he doesn't have to. This is a community that's open, that's loving, that's supportive. And he goes, oh girl, no. I was like, you gotta be shitting me. He he said, listen, my, his own father had told him, he said, I don't mind that you're gay, but please don't date a black boy. And because this, my friend's sister had already been with a black boy, the, the father didn't want to be overtaken by the sounds of blackness. And so I said, I said, that's crazy. I said, you mean to tell me you, the, your father doesn't have a problem with you taking a dick in the ass as long as that dick is not black? Like, that's how deep racism is. So while I understand people are suffering, yeah. obviously we, we have... Uh, LGBT crimes, Q crimes happening all over the place. They're losing their lives. They're being damaged and we're sitting in the street. Understand mm-hmm. that right now the number one victim of uh, murder and abuse are black trans women. Black so trans before women. we start to go at what who's having the worst day, understand that black women, trans women of c- black color are being murdered and nobody is doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Nobody's saying anything about it. Nobody's yeah, trying to up. solve the crimes. Ain't no protests happening about that. And it's just happening all over mm-hmm. the fucking place. The, the race thing, when people come to me and they go, you're a comic, be a comic, stop talking race. I go, don't tell me because I, when I was a kid, I went to an all white school. I got to see race at, at the bottom floor. Mm-hmm. And I understand how when I tell you that white people will align with the, with each other, even when they know sometimes shit's not right. That's why you got to hold your white friends accountable. It's not okay for you to call me and tell me, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. You need to call your family and tell them to stop mm-hmm. fucking being racist because your complacency and your quietness, because you benefit from the race. Like there's a lot of white people that we consider to be allies. When they mm-hmm. walk into the polls on November 3rd, they go and check that ticker tape for Donald Trump because at the end of the day, Donald Trump may be awful, but he ain't worse to them than he is to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wild. Real quick, we do have to take a break for a commercial. <laughs> Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just 
$98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. Fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things. And Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com, N U U L Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up. And Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving. And I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DateMe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DateMe. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. 
Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! <laughs> Without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. Okay, Yamanika, I've asked you literally nothing about dating. <laughs> Have you been dating during the pandemic? I broke up during the pandemic. Oh, in the yeah. beginning, middle, or end? I mean, not that we're at the end, but you know. <laughs> I broke up in the beginning, um, and that that's to the extent of which I want to talk about him in that situation. Sure. But um, yeah, I just been, you know, honestly, I'm at this age where, you know, a lot of my friends have been having babies through this pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them got married last year, so they're having babies. I'm seeing marriages everywhere. People are proposing to each other in the quarantine, mm-hmm. and people are getting married and going on dating sites. And I realize in right now where I'm at, like, I don't mind a good romp because I love to have sex. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. a Scorpio. I love sex. But I really don't want somebody in my life like that. I, I really mm. don't want to be married. I don't want to be in a partner situation um, because I am a Christian, I have to do that to have sex all the time. But um, I just want a baby mm. and my cats mm-hmm. and to travel. And well, I don't, you can have a baby you know, without having a partner. I know. I'm putting some of my eggs in the refrigerator right now because with quarantine, okay. I can't. I can't go to a place. So hopefully, they you know this frigidaire keeps them. Um, Wait. What? How? <laughs> Wait, is this real or is this a bit? I'm kidding, but I because oh, I, I truly was like, how do you scoop eggs? <laughs> I didn't even know how to go about doing that. You know, when I, you know, it's so funny because the whole process with with like the quarantine, it it makes you look at yourself right and mm-hmm. look at really what you want and where you need to be, and in terms of like. I, because I'm a comedian and you know this because we're comedians Mm -hmm. and because also we are fuller figured, beautiful women, but you know, black women, a lot of men want to take advantage of that or think that there is a certain extent to which we can expect something from them. And I'm really tired of sort of meeting that sort of immature guy. That's not prepared to take on a real woman. And I feel Mm -hmm. like a part of, the journey without women going, Oh my God, she's one of those type of girls. 
I say let a guy, let guys chase you and hunt for you and let a guy see the value of you and come to you and not the other. Because I've always been like, oh, I like him. I'm going to fuck him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be him. And da, 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 da. And now I'm just like, I'm not interested in doing that anymore. I want a guy to come to me and be like, I see you. I see all the value of who you are and you're super spectacular and amazing. And I, I would be honored to have you in my life and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So, girl, I, right now I'm... <laughs> I'm chilling. I'm going on Forever 21 buying pillows. They don't. They going bankrupt, so they selling everything. They selling p- pillows and phone cases and all kinds of shit. This thing. So that's what I'm doing. I feel you on that because in my early 20s and my late 20s, I chased men. I chased people. And I think I was doing it because I was like, well, if no one's chasing me, I might as well, you know, chase somebody so I can get some because I'm horny and I love to fuck. Mm -hmm. But the older I get, the more I'm like, what? What did it get me? So I've had like enough sex with people who were not nice to me Mm -hmm. or it was not good sex or whatever. And Mm -hmm. it was like, for what? It didn't do anything. So I I think I'm done chasing people. I recently was like talking to this dude on like Hinge or whatever, but we had been talking for like two weeks and they didn't ask me out. So I was like, all right, unmatch. You'll find me. You'll If it's meant to be, you'll fucking yeah. find me. But like, I'm not, I don't want to be pulled around, jerked around and then like have, like I just, I expect more from people. Yeah. And yeah, the older I get, the more I'm like, I truly do not wish to waste fucking time with you because, you know, you go to work and you deal with bullshit people. And it's like, that's work. That's whatever. I'll deal with it. But like on my off time, I'm not dealing with bullshit people on my off time. That's wild. Well, you know, here's the thing that's, and I hate to bring it back to race, but this always comes back to it, right? Black women are already set apart to be like, if we're not problematic, we got too much success. We got too under success. We All these things and it doesn't help that you have the rest of the world speaking a narrative against you. And then also you have black males sometimes speaking against black mm-hmm. women. Right. So it makes it even more destructive. And that's not to say black women don't say things against black men, but I'm, we're specifically talking about women right now. So you have that dynamic. And a lot of times what happens is the idea is that because you are considered to be out of the loop and out of the fray, of desirability Mm -hmm. because we have said that you are going to take whatever I give you. And that's, that's like a no. Mm -hmm. Cause when you go online and you type your name in results come up Mm -hmm. and why the fuck would you dim your shit for a nigga who don't have no results coming up? You know, other than maybe some background site where you can do a background <laughs> check on the nigga. I'm just saying that's the facts. That's the facts. No, yes. You yes. know, so stand in your truth, stand in your life. Because, you know, when you are a woman, because I used to look around, I used to go, man, uh, marginal white women got it easy. Because mm-hmm. they don't, because if, if white men don't scoop them, it's going to be some dumb nigga that's going to scoop them. And they be marginal as best. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, we working this hard. We be looking flying, doing all this shit. And then I realized, I said, you don't want a... Don't nobody want somebody that's just coming to them to as a place mark. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to come to me because you think I'm going to like, you know, I, I was dealing with this white guy and I had to stop fucking with him. I was like, I'm not, you're not going to, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to be your chocolate 
bunny mm-hmm. buzz like you know a lot of it felt like i felt like the angel mama bitch mm-hmm. you know it felt like a lot of it was like you know the niggas sucking on my titties and shit mm-hmm. like he trying to get mother africa milk you know and like it didn't make no kind of sense and so it was like and some of the shit that he was saying was like oh no if i if i this nigga's not gonna marry me and then i'm gonna have to turn around and i'm gonna have to wear a bandana on my head every time i see him because mm-hmm. he wants this maple syrup shit you know what i'm saying like the uh-huh. nigga name, he's not trying to get me the cream he's trying to get me to put out some maple syrup mm-hmm. so i understand where especially black women are right mm-hmm. in, in the pool in which we swim if we that's why you got so many shows out here now with the uh, with these niggas like future you know he got 18 baby daddy mama drama situations and 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 one of the migos they got 50 kids apiece mm-hmm. and and all and and we just recycling because black women need to start this mission of i'm going to sit still and i'm going to whether it is god you believe in or the universe or whatever i'm going to sit right here and i'm going to put out energy that is, I deserve to mm-hmm. be loved. I have earned love I because I am loving. Mm-hmm. You know, I, even though I said the thing about the search engine with the name, I'm saying <laughs> like with, if we're going to stack on reality, that's the reality to slap you in your face, you know, or who the fuck I am. Mm-hmm. But that aside, I am somebody that deserves love because I give love. I want love. I respect love. I respect people. Mm-hmm. And you need to have that type of person. And, and that energy will find you. Because I think a lot of times women are so focused, and me included, women are so focused on finding the, their knight in shining armor, somebody that's going to love me, somebody's going to make me feel good or fuck mm-hmm. me, blah, blah. You don't realize that while you're so busy trying to find the man that you can fit into and find and can make him love you. You're not open up for the man that deserves to be loved by Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. I get lost in it a lot where I'm just like, when's he coming? And I'm like, well, and then I think about Cher. Cher in an interview said that her mom was like, Cher, when are you going to get settle down and get a man? She's like, I am my own man. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I don't. The only thing and like having a partner would bring to me is like, oh, now I have someone who's invested in my life and wants to spend time with me, companionship. But I have like really great friends. Yeah, and you better hope they ain't trying to kill you. Because a lot of the, let me tell you something. This is why. Let me tell you something. You, if you had met my, I wish my grandmother was still living. She, my grandmother would talk you out of this relationship shit so hard. My grandmother say, well, honey, you know when you get with these men, now they be trying to kill you because if you got a little money in your bank account, you know next thing you know he out there, he got a. You know, mm-hmm. so you when, uh, you know, and my mother's carrying on a legacy. If you want to start having a reality check about where you feel about companionship and needing a man in your life, go watch Lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, go watch Oxygen <laughs> after seven thirty. Go watch the, the ID channel because it's women out here that thought they found their prince and they prince was somewhere getting a side uh, situation. Listen, sweetie pies ain't the only situation where the where the sweet pies is not sweet. Uh-huh. That nigga, he killed his nephew and tried to kill his mama and mm-hmm. he out there. You know what I'm saying? He ain't the only one out there. He ain't the only one out there. That shit, when I saw that about, I said, yo, he killed his nephew and then he also was trying to kill his mama. And niggas Wait, is so who dumb because you oh my God, I gotta bring you into some some of the uh the black world that I'm in. You didn't hear about the woman Sweetie Pies and how her son killed had a hitman a hit man sent to kill the nephew and was getting ready to kill the mama for insurance money, but the nigga was so dumb no. he didn't even fill out the paperwork properly, so he didn't even get no insurance money. <laughs> 
<laughs> no. Wait, now I'm looking at this. Oh, my God. Yes. Let me tell you something. We started with a death of the, of the whole family and the monkey, and we about to end on a whole death and sweet potato pies. I can't. You bring, you bring out the murder in me. You bring out the murderer in me. That's, that's so funny, truly, that we started and ended on death. Well, I mean, that's truly the end of the podcast, Yamanika. I mean, that is, but I mean, I just want to say, like, people have to understand, and this is not, I mean, what happened with that guy that is to have that kind of spirit that you would kill your own family member and then mm-hmm. try to turn around and do that shit on your mother. And it, and I, you know, we're, we're laughing around it. That there's nothing we know. There's it's nothing funny, up. but that, that is fucked up. But I want to remind women and men too, don't be so quick to be. And I'm talking to myself because I have been, I, cause I love, love. I love all that looking into eyes and looking and glossing and oh baby. And I, everybody saw my last relationship. We was all, mm-hmm. but you have to understand that not if you don't take the time to know who you are and make sure that you are finding the right mesh into who you are with who you surround yourself around, you may turn around and find you a sweetie pie nigga or a monkey driving your car. <laughs> because not everybody is on the up and up mm-hmm. and not everybody's spirit stop acting like Women have to know and men know that you are the prize. Let somebody come to you like you are the prize. That way, if they come to you like you are the prize and you see the prize in them, you can go to them like they're the prize. But all of this, I just want a man to let I want this. And a lot of women running around here talking about their clock is ticking and mm-hmm. all this other shit. And it's like your clock will tick real fucking fast if you get you one of these damn sweetie pie niggas that's trying to kill you. <laughs> your yeah. clock won't gonna have no snooze. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Manika, do you have anything you want to promote? Yeah, I'm going to be the new owner of Sweetie Pies. Well, if you want to watch more of Yamanika, I'll do it. She's got a, a special. It's a part of the Degenerates. Uh, it's a several half hours. Yamanika has one of the funniest ones. There's also so many clips on YouTube of Yamanika yes. doing stand up. Yes, go to my YouTube. I have a new YouTube She's page, Yamanika official channel where we do Friday Night Lives. Nicole's coming on in what, two weeks, right? You're on two September 18th, I believe. Yes. We're going to have a bomb burn of a time. Also, one of my favorite memories, I, I think it might have been the first time I met you. We were doing a show, Mateo Lane's old show at UCB East. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I went up and then you followed me. And the first thing out of your mouth went, no, no, I am not Nicole Byer. No, she didn't get two sets <laughs> And I was laughing, so, like crying laughing, because yes. you, were, you were yelling at this audience that had said nothing to you. <laughs> no one person I went was nuts. Thinking. I went nuts. Let me tell you something. It, was, now, it, may, it may be an insult to you that people might compare us, but no. I, would say, I, said, I said, absolutely. I said, that girl fine, honey. <laughs> I said, she be out here with her outfits on her hair. I said, she be, I ain't never seen you look bad. I said, because some of these bitches y'all be comparing me to, I'm like... <laughs> I don't know if your eyes work. I said, but hell yeah, because the Kobe looking fly as fuck. Absolutely, honey. It made me laugh so hard. Like to like tears were streaming down my face. It made me laugh. Because you know how white people are. They like, what? What's yeah. going on What's, here? What? You know. I blinked and she's up again. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, 
Dominica, I ask all of my guests this. Would you date yes. me? Absolutely, I'd date you. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Is this all it took was a podcast? Are we together now? <laughs> oh my God, I have a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, about to Dash you. <laughs> I love that Nisi Dash married a woman out of nowhere. It was it's, out of nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. I loved it. Like, I was like, 2020 yes. is fun, 2020 is sad, but 2020 is fun. <laughs> it's the wildest said, year. I eat pussy. That's what 2020 yes. said. <laughs> I said, I hear you, Nisi. <laughs> Yamanika, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for having me. If you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can like it. You can subscribe on iTunes. If you write me something nasty to hit on me, I will read it. Uh, this nice person said, uh, I want to get so deep in that ass, they send search teams. Put your Ooh. delicious toes inside of me. I'd let you roll in mud so I could lick you clean. Anyways, hope you have an awesome day. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! <laughs> Wowie wow! <laughs> Woo! Well, I got wow, excited! Wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't end that nicely! <laughs> well, that's it. Uh, bye bye! has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.